How are we doing, church? So good to have everybody here today. Why don't you guys stand with me really quickly? Man, welcome to Connect Church. It's so good to have you. This is our birthday celebration, so happy birthday. Uh, I know for many of you, this may be uh, your first birthday with us. For some of us, like Pastor Ron and myself, it is uh, the 23rd. So we, uh, we, 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 we crossed it. We are young adults now. We are young adults, and uh, it is so good to have you. Thank you guys for getting up, for being here today, for investing in who you are, who God is, investing in what God's doing in, in this world. And, you know, we want to just take a moment to welcome everybody who's online as well. And thank you guys for uh, getting up. We know that there's a thousand reasons that you uh, are maybe, maybe home today. Uh, and we're really glad that you tuned in. We believe uh, without a shadow of a doubt the same God that's in this room is the same God that is, is where you are, in your living room, in your hospital room, uh, on your vacation. Wherever, he, wherever you are, that's where he is as well. So, you know, church, we, we um, invited people this week in our, in our discipleship groups to share their stories, to, to write the testimony of what God has done. And the reason we did that is so that we could remember. The Bible says, forget not the benefits of God, forget not what he's done. And as we move into this celebration time, it's, it's not so much what God has done even in church, it's who he is. And so today, can I really encourage you as we begin to just push in a little bit, as we begin to just give him glory, just take a moment, lift up your hearts, lift up your hands, lift up your voices, and just lean into him today. He's worthy. We're going to sing a song called Every Victory, because in Christ we have the victory. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, in Jesus today you have the victory. Either on this side of the veil or the other, my king is king of kings and lord of lords. Father, I pray today, Daddy, we love you. Daddy, we give you glory for who you are, what you're doing, Daddy. I thank you for the, the victory that we have in Jesus Christ because of your grace, because of your goodness, because of your mercy for our lives. And so I pray today that you may come and move in this place, that you may receive glory and honor, that you may be pray, and that you may take joy in the praise of your people today. That as we lift you up, we proclaim loudly and clearly that we, every victory has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. That you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're the master, the savior. You are our liege and our, and our king. So we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor this morning by lifting up our voices, lifting up our, uh, lifting up our sound, lifting up our hearts, lifting up our hands to you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Daddy, come and have your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said, amen and amen. Amen amen. Hallelujah. It's so good to have you. Come on, let's just lean in a little bit to God this morning. Silence is the enemy. 
the power and the praise. Church, the Bible says that we get to give thanks to God because we have victory in Jesus. We've got victory in Jesus. We've got victory in Jesus. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. There's victory in Jesus. Come on, we're going to just pray. We're going to believe today for victory in Jesus over sickness, over disease, over addiction, over depression, over, uh, over suicidal thoughts, over habitual sin, over things that have got you down, over, over negativity. Father, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the power. We give you the praise, Jesus. Your name is worthy. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords. There's no one like you. Your name is above cancer today. Your name is above COVID today. Your name is above suicidal thoughts today. Your name is above depression today. Your name is above doubt today. Your name is above addiction today in the name of Jesus. So we give you the glory and the honor. We thank you that today chains can fall off. Shame can fall off. Guilt can fall off. For in you there is freedom. In you there is grace and love so deep and so wide. Jesus, we can't get under it. We can't get around it. We can't even hop over it. All we can do is find ourselves embraced by it. Daddy, I thank you that our sin cannot be so great that your love cannot conquer it. That we cannot be so far away from you that your wooing cannot draw us home. Today, may we find our place in you, in victory in Jesus. Not in ourselves, but in you today. And Daddy, for every person in this room, every person who's listening online, I pray today that as they, we stand in agreement with, for healing, we stand in agreement for a miracle. We stand in, in agreement for their marriage. We stand in agreement, Lord God, for that breakthrough. We stand in agreement that they have victory in Jesus Christ, not for our glory, but for yours. We lift up your name because your name is glorious. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. And we're going to praise you before the answer comes. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen and amen. Come on, if you got a breakthrough today, just give him some glory like never before. Just thank him who he is. Hallelujah. Woo. Oh, I love that song. I love it. I love it. I love what it proclaims. That we get to give thanks to God because he has given us the victory in Jesus. You know, church, I don't know where you are today. I, I, I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what your week has held. Your year has held. If it's been anything like our year, you're going, victory? Are you crazy? No, no, no. My king is victorious. Even death, even death, the greatest foe you and I will ever face, even death couldn't hold him down. So if death couldn't hold Jesus back, if the grave, if hell itself, if the enemy himself could not hold Jesus back, could sickness, can disease, can depression, can addiction, can our sin, can our, can, can our distance, can our isolation, can COVID, can coronaviruses, nothing that can keep us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Whether your victory is on this side of the veil or the other, you are victorious in Jesus Christ. We've got a lot to praise him for today. 
And this being our birthday, we're going to praise him in lots of different ways today. But I'm going to encourage you before you're seated, just take a few moments. Give somebody next to you an air high five or an elbow bump. Say hi to somebody you didn't come to church with. Tell me you're really glad to see them. This is what church is about, living life together as a family. No, I was helping you up. Oh. <laughs> Hi, baby. Hi. How are we doing? Good. I think, it, I think that's probably him. Yeah. That is definitely me. Yeah. Oh, is it down again? I know. It's me. It's always me. It's a little crazy. Did you get it from him? Okay. They're good. Woo! I'm sweaty. My mic's falling off. So good to see you guys today. Hey, we have, uh, we have something special today that, uh, that Dee's going to introduce to you, um, but we believe in the power of testimony. We believe in the power that comes from encouraging each other with the story of what God has done in our lives. And so, yeah. so when we were talking about um, what would be something that would invest in you today, um, as a birthday, you know, not relying on all the ex, um, external things that we can sometimes associate with a birthday, but what can really be connected from, from heart to heart. Mm. Um, the one thing that came to all of our minds was um, to ask Shayla to come up and to share <laughs> begrudgingly um, <laughs> in front of many people, which is not her favorite. Um, just share a little bit of her story. Shayla, I want to, come on, no, no, come on. You're not getting out of this. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to stay here so that you can walk around. And because otherwise, it's kind of like a traffic jam when we're all trying to walk around each other. So you, you, <laughs> you do you. But um, the one word that kept coming to me this week when I was um, talking to the Lord about this particular moment was the word glory. Mm. And it came like in a wave of many facets. Number one, that you reflect his glory yes. all the time, privately and publicly, and that you don't al allow yourself to absorb glory. Yeah. And that's really important because this morning for us is not about the church absorbing glory. Yes. It's a good thing that we testify and talk about the goodness of God, but the glory always goes back to Jesus. Amen. So you may have beautiful encounters with God in church. You may find God in church. You may grow your walk in church. But the glory for that, the purpose behind that was God's heart toward you. So the glory goes back to him. Amen. So just for a few moments, Shay, I just wanted you to just share about how you have seen God give you opportunity in your walk to learn how to carry that glory that we're talking about and give it back to him. In like two minutes, so go. <laughs> I'll do it in two seconds if I can. Uh, good morning, happy birthday, church. Congratulations, <laughs> Pastors Kyle and Danielle. I just want to read something really quick um, that I wrote. Uh, I think it's extremely important um, to be discipled 
because we're, you know, we're now talking more about being discipled, which is not something I can say I, I grew up hearing about being saved, being a believer, yes, but not so much uh, being discipled. But I think it's extremely important to be discipled by people who have been and are still being discipled. Um, good health can be a, a direct result of who you're being, of, of when you're being fed, when who you're being fed by is also being fed properly. Yeah, and that's sure. what this house, I feel, is about. Um, I don't imagine that seeds are comfortable in dirt, but the proof of being planted in the right environment um, is in the growth. And as you grow, walking out your faith every day can become a little easier with time uh, just because you're constantly learning how to do it as you go. And the whole point is just that you keep walking. Yes, yep, yep, um, yep. And I'm grateful. Come on, I'm grateful for my growth since I've been here. People close to me can see it. Yeah. I don't always see it, but the people close to me who know me the best, who see me in private, they see it. And I know that a lot of that is due to being planted here. <sighs> And that's all also is, is due to a God who is both wise enough and loving enough to put me where he knows I would be best positioned to bear good fruit. Wow. So we love you, me and my husband, we love you. Oh, we love you guys. And we just thank you for doing everything that it takes because we know everything that it takes and that it can take just to be the leaders that you are. So thank you. We love you, Chef. Uh, you know, it's always so encouraging when people who grew up in church um, uh, can stand in front of you and be able to say, uh, I, haven't, I haven't plateaued, that my life is still growing. Um, and that's so important, especially people like Shayla who know uh, the, the behind the scenes of ministry. Because uh, ministry looks uh, uh, like, you know, we play golf all the time or kind of just hang out at the coffee shop and it seems so good. But when you see the backside of it and still can grow up to love Jesus, come on somebody, that, when you can see the backside of it. That's why, can I really encourage you as parents, um, don't hide your walk from your kids. And I mean the real walk, not the persona, the real walk. Because they have to know both sides. They, they, they have to know the blessing and the storm. They need to see Jesus in the multiplication, come on, and in the, and in, and in the trial. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really important um, as we grow. Uh, there's something powerful about testimony. So thank you, Shev. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That's done. And the word of our testimony, when you, were, when you talk about what Jesus is doing, man, there's something that happens in the, in the, in the atmosphere. Something changes in the supernatural when you begin to tap in and remind your soul what God has done. I had to remind my soul what God has done this week. Birthdays are always um, tough for me. Dee and I talk about it all the time. They're always tough for me because uh, I, I grew up in a coach's house. So, like, you're, it's never good enough, right? You're always looking for the next game. You're always kind of evaluating. doesn't matter how many touchdowns you scored. You, there was plays left on the field. So you're always kind of looking at what isn't rather than what is. Does anyone ever have that? Like, you come to a play where you're always looking at what isn't rather than what is. And it's hard to celebrate what is when you're looking at what isn't. And, uh, and, and so I had to remind my soul this week that my God is faithful. He has been faithful for 23 years, and every season has looked different. 
but my God has stayed the same. And I want to just really, really quickly, before we get in the word, I want to just uh, share very quickly about some vision that we have about moving forward, moving forward. Um, because as, as I've been talking over the last, uh, since we got back a few months ago, we let you guys know that this is a reentry phase, right? We're still trying to figure out who's who in the zoo and, and what's going on and who's, what, who's, who's here, who's not, who's still online, who's coming back, all those kind of things, which is great. But we wanted to make sure that we didn't put so much on us coming back, you coming back, that we got right back into just doing work for God and not learning to celebrate who he is. And uh, so we're, set, we're, we're moving into phase two of kind of our reentry phase. And, you know, the Bible says in Habakkuk 2.2, when you get a vision, write it down so that you can hear it, you can read it, and you can run with it. And that the vision is for an appointed time. It hasn't come yet. We always say, uh, you know, our, our, I tell our team all the time, vision motivates my future, but it frustrates my present. Come on, because I'm excited about where we're going, but we ain't there yet. So I'm excited, but then we're not there. And, and so it takes patience. And that's part of what we're asking for in this moment is faith and patience along the way. One of the things that we're stepping into in this next phase, in this phase two of reentry, um, uh, you've heard us talk about the, the, the build out in the middle section. For some of you who've been around, you've heard us talk about uh, our build-out that's going in the middle section that was hit by a tornado two years ago and uh, God has reshaped it and we're going to be moving our Thy Kingdom Crumb, our food truck ministry uh, from the building that we own on 1800 Marlton Pike into the middle section and, and our plans are finally done, our architectural plans are finally done, we're getting ready to, to uh, uh, put that into the township right now so this is exciting, you're going to be able to see they're going to throw up some pictures uh, on the screen of, uh, of what the, the build-out's going to look like. And uh, it's just, it's, it's going to be so cool. It's, it's divided into two sections, uh, our TKC section and then our marketplace section. Uh, there'll be a glass wall that divides it, and that's actually being able to be retracted uh, so that we can open it up for even bigger things uh, along the way. Um, but for us, our, our, our TKC ministry, our, our food truck ministry that we do in partnership with Carson went to Zay One Foundation, and we just love Carson and Maddie so much for what they've been doing. Um, we we want to take it to the next level. You know, we over this year already. This year, we've given away twenty four over twenty four thousand meals. Um, we we have that means it's gone to moms and, and kids and dads and and vets and people who have jobs and don't have jobs who are struggling in this pandemic. Uh, everyone alike, we we've we've been able to help. Uh, you, do you realize that we have people that come on bikes, like they ride their bike up, that walk from distances. We, we, we've had people, we've had a bus, we've had multiple times the SEPTA bus, the, 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 the bus, SEPTA, will have a couple people who need food and they'll, they'll drive in to get food. You've been a part of that. You've been a part of tornado response. When tornadoes ripped through South Jersey and it brought destruction, you have been a part of bringing health and hope and Jesus in a tangible way to people. We want to be able to do that in a bigger way by adding the marketplace there and not just giving food but giving other resources as well. And there's so much more that we want to be able to do. And so I'm excited. That this, is a, this is not a far off. This is a coming soon moment. But we can't do that without you. This is an invitation to be a part of what God's doing in that. And to tangibly expressing God's love to people. 
In this next phase where we have a, an amazing um, uh, youth uh, facility that we'll be building here, uh, right next door, you can see it in a small little bit on that bottom section. Um, we're, we're redoing it. We'll be redoing it as we re redo the middle section. Uh, yeah, babe. Yep, sorry, the, 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 the crossed out area is what you're sitting in now. Uh, the, the, the bottom right hand is actually right behind that wall. So all that space back there is going to be youth space. Um, and we are working diligently uh, to get uh, youth back running and going. But look, here's the truth. Our, chi our children, our teenagers, have had a lot of craziness in the last year. They're back to school. They're, they're not back to school. They're home. They're, 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 they've got this teacher, that teacher. There's just a lot. We want to give them, help to give them stability. So we're not moving forward with that until we have the right team with the right people who can actually pour in in the right way. But we're already building that because vision precedes provision. We're in this next phase. We're, we're going to be able to, uh, to add extra work to worship. Do extra time to worship. Just continue to allow the team to grow, to minister, and us be able to step into worship just a little bit more. To be able to, to take the whole front area uh, that used to be our offices and be able to make that a gigantic warehouse. Why? Because when we actually got hit by the tornado and then we saw the tornadoes, other tornadoes that have been coming and the hurricanes that have been coming, we realized in our response we were, we, we were, we were, we were limited. Man, it would have been so great, Dean, I talked about it, would have been so great to be able to have emergency response packages ready. With like things just like easy, toothbrushes, toothpaste, underwear, socks, right? Just stuff that you lose, you don't think about it. But when your house is destroyed by a tornado, where, how are you brushing your teeth the next day? And being able to have them in the warehouse ready to go, boom, at an, at an instant's notice. Because we're in the labor pains, and these labor pains aren't getting any less. So we, as a church, have to be ready to respond. We can't just pray about it and ask God to do something. He is doing something, and he wants to do something through us. So we want to be ready. And finally, we'll, in this next phase, we'll be having chat room, which is our, our time where we teach again. That will be relaunched sometime soon. We'll let you know when that's going to be. But we believe in three things here as we grow in discipleship. Sunday morning is a celebration. This is a, a time for a prophetic voice of God to speak to a community where we do this thing together. Forged and shoulder to shoulder are discipleship times where iron sharpens iron and we get to the heartbeat of how to apply God's word. And the chat room is where we learn the Bible, theology, and actually why we believe what we believe. So we don't have to have those stupid conversations on Facebook. Come on, somebody. We just kind of go right on by. Why? Because we know why we believe what we believe and we know in whom we believe. So these are things that are stepping, all we are asking for this, patience and your presence. Patience, your presence, and your prayers. If you can give that over this next, in this next phase, it's amazing what God can do. Give him a little, and he multiplies the rest. I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. I can't wait. I hope you love some of the pictures of what's going to happen in the middle build. If you saw, there's going to be tables out front and all sorts of things to be able to have more outside stuff as well. Because who knows when this crazy, look at that. Who knows when this crazy pandemic mask thing is going to be gone. But when it is, we'll be ready to hang out and be able to do more stuff. So patience, presence, and prayer. Can we do that? Yeah. Hey.
Amen. All right. Well, hey. Uh, thanks for uh, letting me share that with you guys this morning. We just felt that it was important to, to hear that. My, my mic is falling off of me today. It's just, it's totally my fault, by the way. Um, but look, we want to, we want to get in the word today. Uh, Dino, just, we, we realized that with everything going on today, uh, we wanted to take, we didn't want it just to be about a birthday because then it misses the opportunity for us to actually grow in who God is. And so since you brought your Bibles, since you brought your Bibles, can you open with me, uh, to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 19, Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's the third book of the New Testament. Uh, and if you need a, a, a title for the message today is what's there that's not in here. What's there that's not here. And this whole message came out of a conversation that Dee and I were having uh, the other day as we kind of prepared to talk to you guys about kind of the TKC build out and all of that. Because can I just say this about TKC? TKC is not what a, a ministry does. TKC is a part of what we do as church. It's who we are. It's the heartbeat of this house. And we were talking about kind of how, how we were going to talk about that and explain that. And Danielle said to me, uh, she began to ask a question. And she said, well, what's going to be in there that's not going to be in here? What's going to be in there that's not going to be in there? And I was like, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, different chairs? Um, uh, I don't know. You know you start, I started, and the easy answer to that, what is going to be in there that's not going to be in here, is the easy answer is, well, there we're going to help community. There we get to give to community, we get to have a different way of loving on people and sharing the tangible love of Jesus, and, and, and there we can have kind of smaller, more intimate moments, and there we're going to be able to be able to bring in uh, and honor people like first responders or teachers or kids who are on the spectrum, give them special nights, so we're going to be able to do all that, that, that that's going to be there. And she kept saying, no, 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 I'm asking you, what's going to be there that's not going to be here, and what's going to be here that's not going to be there? And then she broke out the Old Testament. She said, look, in the, in the temple, there was an outer court, a holy place, and a holy of holies. And God was in all of them. But in every one of those things, God had appointed a different expression, a different encounter. There was things that were in the outer court that people could experience that weren't in the holy place. In holy place that weren't in the holy of holies. There was a, something that was here that wasn't there and there that wasn't here and I just thought it was such a brilliant thought because the truth is, even, even as I was going through it, I was realizing, man, I was thinking from the wrong place because what she was talking about is what of Jesus is going to be in there that's not going to be in here and what of Jesus do we experience in here that's not there because it's not about what we do, it's about who we serve, who he is. And I, we began to talk about how easy it is to miss that when Christianity and church becomes so self-focused and even works-oriented, and we miss what God has there that's not here and here that's not there. And in this text, we're going to see this in the New Testament when Jesus is passing through Jericho and, and uh, he runs into a, a tax collector named Zacchaeus, and many of you may be familiar with the story you know, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and that means he was in the, the mob. He was in the mafia. He, he, he ripped off his own people to pay the enemy. He was considered unclean. He was hated by people. And, Jesus, and Zacchaeus comes out to see Jesus. And in this story, we're going to see this truth played out. 
That there were things here that weren't there and there that weren't here. There were things in the tree that weren't at the table. And there were things at the table, come on somebody, that were not at the tree. And when we stay in our trees, thinking, well, I've encountered Jesus, I've seen Jesus, I've heard Jesus, I believe Jesus. And he is still saying, come to the table. Come to the table. Come to the table. There are things there that aren't here and here that aren't there. Let's read this text together. We're going to start at verse 4, just kind of to get a, a picture of this. But it says, So Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. This is social suicide. We're going to talk about that in a moment. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, when the crowd saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Dee's going to unpack, start unpacking this in just a second, but we think it's so important as we head into this kind of new year, this new church year, as we continue to move forward through these labor pains to help us as disciples, to keep us, to, to keep us following and expressing our love for Jesus in the midst of this journey. This is not a, a semantical moment. This is a focus moment. A moment that changes the direction of the ship in our lives. And says, man, we, we might be in the right ocean, but we might be headed slightly in the wrong direction. I'd just like to point out that when we switched to stools, yes. you thought through the, I should have something I for did. my notes. <laughs> so, I mean, who knows what? Who knows what I actually remember? Because I can't really see these. But, um, you know, a lot um, has been said uh, in the last year to two. Um, I think largely, actually, because of our racial implosion in our world. This, is, this, this thing that I'm going to talk about has come to the forefront. Um, and we've talked a lot about the need to change the narrative. Yes. And there is definitely a need to change the narrative. But every time I would hear that, whether it was on the news or whether I would read it in a newsfeed or whatever the case may be, it always felt it had a particular amount of in inauthenticity to me. Yeah, yep. Um, because when I hear something like we have to change the narrative, that to me is very much like a surface change. Like we have to change what we're really saying. And, and yes, of course, it means that we're changing what we believe or feel, but we have to change the narrative. And it's been bothering me for a long time, specifically, I think, in that area, but just in area, the area of life where we talk about changing the narrative. And I was realizing um, over these last two years how broken, oh my goodness, you are a doll. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. This is, this awesome. is my brother. You. Love you, Pastor John. Whom I am well loved. <laughs> now there's pressure to actually uh, say everything that's on these cards. <laughs> there's an exchange. <laughs> no pressure at all. We're good. But, um, it's true, I think, that, that, that our, like I was saying, our, our, the, everything that we're going through racially has brought that to the forefront. But the truth is, is that that topic has been something that we have been facing in the church. It's a topic that we've been facing everywhere. And 
I'm not really sure it's happening, so I'm just going to keep sharing. <laughs> um, so what I started to really realize is that we can't change our narrative until we change our perspective. So that's what people are really asking for. They're asking for people to have an understanding of a different perspective because then that perspective will push a different narrative and it will be authentic and it will be real and it will be driven from the inside out. So that's the thing that Kyle and I were talking about when I said what's in here that's not in there and what's in there that's not in here. What I was saying is that there is a perspective that one, usually when we read the Bible comes from how we are reading the Bible from a human perspective. So, okay, I'm going to identify immediately with Zacchaeus in the story. So what is Zacchaeus seeing? What is Zacchaeus hearing? And we kind of, kind of just read over the part that Jesus is in this story. Yeah. Because we are used to thinking what are we going to receive from Jesus? Right. So that, when we read the word, what starts happening is, is that we make that Bible a me-centric thing. Yep. I relate to it from every person's yep. situation that Jesus helped, that Jesus spoke to, that Jesus provided a miracle for, for Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we forget that Jesus has a part in the communion with his people. Yep. So when I was saying to Kyle about use, utilizing the Old Testament, like I think, as, especially with how I grew up, I kind of always grew up thinking that the goal is to get into the Holy of Holies, yep. the closest that I can to God. That is the place of ultimate beauty. And I'm not saying that it's not, but what I'm saying is, is that if that was the only place that God was, then how sad was it for all of mankind except for one priest? Right. Because he was the only one allowed in there. Because he was the only one allowed in there. Yep. So what I started to kind of be, I've been talking with Kyle a lot about is, is that there's something in the outer courts, and there's something in the inner courts, and there's something in the holy of holy. There's a peace of God that is reserved for all spaces in our life. Yep. And a lot of times we want to say that that, okay, well, Zacchaeus was on the ground, and then he was up in the tree, and then he was in the home with Jesus. And then we would probably figure out what do we think was the most special place to be with him, right? Well, we would probably say the house, because we got to be with him and hang out with him. But there was, there was an exchange with God, from, with Zacchaeus from the tree to Jesus, and there was an exchange with Zacchaeus when he was with Jesus in the house. Yep. True. And what we have to realize is that it's not up to us to determine where God shares himself when. So good, dude. Because a lot of times we want the best portion of God to happen to us pretty much when we're at the safety of distance. Yeah. Like sometimes there are life moments when I'm in a tree and I'm looking for Jesus and I, I'm wanting to connect with Jesus, but I want him to deposit in me everything that Jesus reserved to deposit in him in the house. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's this, it's this, and the only way that we start seeing that is by reading the word yeah. from a standpoint of it being God-centric. Because what happens, church, is that when we read the Bible and it's me-centric, it produces a me-centric church. That's right. 
which produces me-centric believers. Yep. That's why there can be a lot of believers that don't have depth. They may have changed the narrative, yep. like we all have before, but they haven't changed the perspective on truth. Wow. So they haven't wow. had an encounter with what the truth does to you, which is at first wreck you. Because it has an undoing to do. True. The great undoing. Yep. And But when we have a God-centric word, when we go to the word to understand him, not understand what we have to do to get from him. Wow. Yeah, we then so good. have so good. a God-centric church. And that yep. is how we become yep. God-centric disciples. Yep. We've been talking about it over and over and over. There is a vast difference when we allow ourselves to be just believers versus disciples. And it led to a conversation that, am I good to keep going? Yeah. Okay. And it led to a conversation that is going to sound sticky theologically, but stay with me when I explain it. It led me to start saying to Kay, you know, I grew up my whole life hearing that God doesn't need me. He wants me, but he doesn't need me. He, he wants my worship. He wants my sacrifice. He wants my service. But he doesn't need it. He wants it, but he doesn't need it. Yeah. And there is always a particular bravado when the Capital C Church presents that. And it's always bothered me. We've done it here. So I'm not, it's not like, oh, everybody else out there. I'm, we've done that here. And it always hits something as if I felt like God is checking me on that. And I didn't know what it meant because theologically, God is complete. Correct. Right? Yeah. So we have learned in this world to say that if you need something, you, you have lack, mm -hmm. which must mean you are less than, which must mean you are incomplete. Yes. And that's what our mind does without even it being conscious to us. We just go through that. But I said to him, you know, in the morning, <laughs> this is actually coffee. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Notice I don't have any. <laughs> Listen, you had that cute stand, so I don't have <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I thought about the stand, you thought about coffee. That makes sense. Okay. But um, this coffee, I need coffee in the morning. I'm a type of, I need a coffee in the morning. Now, if we were out of coffee today, and I didn't have coffee today. I wouldn't stop being myself. I wouldn't stop being Danielle because I needed something yep. that I didn't get. But all throughout the day, I would be aware and it would be registering to me that there was an absence yes. of coffee yes. that I encountered. Yes. So when we say God doesn't need us, it makes us have to reconcile a different question that I cannot reconcile with that type of theology, which is if he created everything, and then he, and then he said to himself, he said, self, self. <laughs> hey guys, us three, <laughs> um, what, 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 what do we need? And the answer was people. And then he made a person and he wasn't, it wasn't good for him to be alone. So he made another person. And we have people, and he did this the entire time, knowing that if he created something that he believed he needed, he was going to have to die for it. Mm. So he could have created a world that just honored him and sang to him through birds and everything else, 
But he decided he needed people, even though he knew that those people were going to need a savior to rescue them. So how am I going to say that to God, those same people, he doesn't need them now? Mm. They can't live together, those two thoughts. You have to land on what does God need. And it doesn't mean that he's lacking. Correct. It means that he needs the presence of us because he will feel the absence of us Mm. without us. And it doesn't make him less. Yes. It makes him a God of people, not things. Yes. It it tells us what his priority list is, is because he had all the stuff. He had all of the things. He created the entire world. And he said, I need more. It needs to be inhabited with people. And I know what it's going to mean for me, but I still need that because I need them. And that church is what's going to change this house as humans, as people. When we're not sitting here saying, well, what's in it for me without ever daring to say that out loud? Wow. What am I going to gain from it? Because the problem is, is that we know how good God is. So we know he's going to bless us. Yes. So that's always going to be on the table. However, God defines bless. It's the same thing with how we define need. And we do that with TKC all the time. We fight against the definition of need every single day. Because people don't want to, dis- dis- um, to define it as something that includes all of us. Yes, so true. But it does include all of us because it includes our God. Yes. He needs our presence. Why do we worship and raise our hands? This is how we sometimes answer. Well, it shows God that we're his. It shows God that we want to encounter him. It shows God that we yield to him. Are we not willing to preach a, a Bible that says, I raise my hands because the Bible says lift your hands. Lift your hands. Yep. Lift your hands. And it's not law. Correct. That's what happens, church. We say, the Bible says lift your hands, and then we, we, we have this thing, it's called being a human being, that doesn't like being told what to do. <laughs> so we come no, to church. No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so we come to church, and we become salesmen instead of pastors. Yep. And we sell you on why it's worth it to raise your hands and worship. And we tell you the product you're going to get if you tithe. Wow. And then we don't walk in our callings because we're too busy figuring out the best marketing strategy for that. Yeah. Yeah. But we were called to bring this kind of word. So this is the honesty of yep. it. The entrusting of his word to people who will take it as disciples and not just as mere believers. Yeah. I, look, D, that, I, it's just such a great thought. I, and I think that the challenges, church, as we think about this, is that the, the thought, this thought process challenges this American gospel that we've kind of been talking about over, over the last little while. And that that's, it has inundated us uh, for decades. You know, this, the gospel of the good life, right? Like, that when we come to Jesus, man, everything's going to be good. Just come to Jesus, everything's going to be good. Your acne's going to go away, right? You're going to get promoted seven times. Like, your, your husband's finally going to actually learn to put the toilet seat down and put his clothes in the hamper. Like, it's, this is what happens when you come to Jesus. Everything is good. And then when it's not good, come on. When it's not good because life goes through. Come on, I go through the shadow 
uh, valley of the shadow of death. Come on. I know he's there. That means I still have to go through the valley, even though to know he's there. There's highs and lows. There's these things that God is working out the good in me, even when it doesn't feel good. It's a refiner's fire. How many of you know Fire doesn't feel good, right? Going through discipline. The Bible says a father disciplines his children who he loves. That's the word. I don't like getting disciplined. I don't like getting disciplined. But I know it's for my good. So, But if I don't know that it's for my good and I don't see his presence and his love in the midst of my moments and I believed everything about the gospels for me, what are the benefits for me? And that's why we're, it's not, look, the, we, we, in every story, including this story in Zacchaeus, we are the Zacchaeuses. Yes. Yeah. We're like, yeah, baby, what do I have to do to open my home so I can get the blessing that he got? Now, here's the truth. When you open your home, God does bless you. When you open your life, that's the goodness of our God in the land of the living. My God is so loving, so good, so faithful to his word and his promise, so in love with his creation that he does bless us. But is that really what we are supposed to be focusing on? That's actually, I think, at times the lid on what identifies a believer. A believer sees this world and the gospel and the Bible and the promises through the lens of what does it mean for me? Rather, what does it mean for he? And it becomes the lid on our spiritual lives. But as we keep moving forward and we read the word of God and we disciples begin to understand what Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 says that we got to love God first to love God. And I know we're going, yeah, I know we got to love God, love God. But do you know that that word actually means to make God feel loved? We theologically go, I love God and I want to make sure that he knows. It. No, no, it's to make God feel loved. How do we actually make God feel loved in these moments? How, what is here right now? How are we making him feel loved? Because David, a man after God's own heart in Psalm, uh, in Psalm 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Man, we sing it, we say it, we repeat it, but do you get the heartbeat of it? David is saying, man, do you know what my job is, my opportunity is? I, I'm going to live to bless him. He's even speaking to the innermost part of his soul that doesn't want to be with God. And he's saying, hey, soul, I know that you want to take over. I know you want to do you. I know you want to look at it through the lens of what benefits you. But I want to tell you, my job, our job is to bless his name. How in this moment am I blessing him? How does he feel blessed by my life? How does he feel blessed in my marriage? How does he feel blessed in this church moment? How does he feel blessed when I go from here to there? How does he feel blessed? I mean, have we ever thought about how much blessing and joy Jesus received out of Zacchaeus' response? Out of moving from the tree to the table? Knowing that someone like Zacchaeus would be willing to take a risk just to be with him? How much joy did Jesus receive? Because we're thinking about how much joy Zacchaeus got because that's what we want. How amazing is it? Jesus must have been filled with so much joy. Now, the truth was, it was a risk for Jesus as well, right? Like I said, this is social suicide. If, if you're trying to be a celebrity preacher, you don't do this. If you try to make sure this is not culturally relevant, this is one of those things where everybody around you is going, what in the world is dude doing? This is craziness. This, if you're looking to climb the social ladder, you don't do this. These so, what are the social elites in Jerusalem thinking, knowing Jesus went to someone's house like that? You don't do that. 
But it wasn't just a, a risk for, for Jesus. It was a risk for Zacchaeus as well. I mean, the Romans who he worked for, they weren't such big fans of Jesus, right? His friends had to be giving him side eye. Like, yeah, you're having a rabbi come to your house. Like, are you going soft? He had a reputation to protect, a persona to protect. This is how he made his living, being a bully. Having the thug life in first century A.D. Certainly he could have lost everything. The Romans already thought Jesus was a revolutionary and a conspirator. He could have lost everything. There was a risk. But in opening his home to Jesus, he moved from receiving something from Jesus to actually giving something to Jesus. That's the shift. It's not that we won't receive because my God is good. But that's not the focus. How do I move this ship? How do I release? There there was a release from the, the table to the tree and the tree to the table. Do you realize that Jesus takes joy? Listen to this. Jesus takes joy in giving grace. That's what, that's what, Jesus was experiencing at that table. That's what the risk did. It enabled Jesus to feel joy. Why? Because Jesus takes joy in giving grace. That's why Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy, it makes Jesus joyful when he gets to give what he paid for. What an amazing thought process. Come on. The truth is there is a risk in following. But when we are unwilling to take that risk, to get out of the tree, to move through the murmurs of our crowd, to open up our homes to the risk of having Jesus be intimate and see things we don't want him to see and, be expe- and, 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 and expose things we don't want him to expose. Man, when we don't take that risk, not only will we miss the opportunity to see a new revelation of Jesus we've never seen before, Not only will we miss the opportunity to have our lives transformed by the grace that he so joyfully wants to give, but here's the deeper truth. We rob Jesus of the opportunity that he had apportioned for that moment. Jesus has an apportioned moment, something he wanted to give, something he wanted to experience in this relationship at the table, not just at the tree. And when we don't take the risk, we rob Jesus of having that joyful moment with us and experiencing joy. Man, Zacchaeus used to be a robber, but he chose not to be a robber anymore. May we choose to be the same people. May the encounter that he had, maybe that be the encounter we have this morning and say, I'm not going to rob God of an opportunity to receive, not just to give in my life. Come on, what an incredible joy Jesus must have had when someone who was so far away from him wanted to sit down and spend time with him. Wow. I mean, isn't that what he created? You were just saying, isn't that what he created the world for? He didn't need any. He's self-sufficient. But out of this recognition of absence, he, he wanted to extend himself to expand who he was into a greater avenue for we can experience this. He created the world. He then created Adam. He walked with Adam in it happily, joyfully. That's the purpose of creation. And even after Adam fell, 
He turns to him, and the first thing he does is make a promise. In Genesis 3, 16, it says, I want to let you know, man, the snake, he's going to bite the son's heel, but my son's going to crush his head. I'm going to do something to restore this walk. Because that's how much it's important to me. It's not just important for you, Adam. It's important for me that we have this thing together. I love this. That's why I love the parable of the lost coin in Matthew 15. I love it. Do you know the story where the woman has 10 coins, she loses one, and she tears apart the house looking for this bad boy. And when she finally finds the thing that had been lost, which is all of us, that had got misplaced, that had been in the dirt, that had been hidden for a while, that had been isolated, that had been alone, that had been lonely. When she finally finds this thing, she calls up, verse 9 says, she calls up all her friends and says, come and rejoice with me. Why? Because I'm rejoicing. This moment where the lost thing coming home made something happen inside of me. It made me rejoice. That picture is Jesus. That person who's looking for the coin is Jesus. He's rejoicing and he wants to have this party. Verse 10 says, this is the whole atmosphere of heaven when one of us who was messed up turns around to Jesus and says, here I am. Man, come and pick me up out of the dirt. Brush me off. Change my life. Man, the moment that he finds us, it releases joy. And the Bible says all the angels in heaven begin to party. Why? Because the kingdom reflects the heartbeat of the king. The angels are rejoicing because my king is rejoicing. There is a party going on in heaven. The issue is, my friends, that, you, that D and I see so often. And this exists so often in believers because we don't have iron sharpening iron. We, we don't have somebody speaking into our blind spots. We allow shame. When we allow shame or guilt or the thought that because I've messed up, that God is so mad at me and wouldn't want anything to do with me, we actually rob him of the opportunity to celebrate. When we refuse to repent, when we allow the lies of the enemy to make us feel so ashamed and so guilty and so far from God that certainly God wouldn't want anything to do with me, we rob him. It's not that God wants us to sin or is okay with our sin, but he longs to have a place to place his forgiveness. Isn't that what his love motivated John 3, 16, for God so loved you, he gave his own son. Why? Because there's something inside of God himself that says, man, I want to celebrate this redemption. I want to celebrate a life change. I want to celebrate the coin coming home and getting the dirt off. I want to celebrate. And all of heaven wants to celebrate with me. It's like the father in the next parable of the prodigal son. The moment the son turns around, the father runs to him. Why? Because he's going to throw a party. There's a party back home. See, that's the heartbeat of our God. We think our God is just looking for us to turn around and repent because so we can get right. So we can be clean. So we can be forgiven. Yes, that's true. Every time we turn around and repent, the Bible says he's faithful and true to forgive us and cleanse us every time. But somehow we missed what happens in his life when we do it. Somehow we just think, man, I know I got to repent so that I can get clean. And he's saying, man, I want you to repent not only so you can get clean, but so that we can have a party together because I've got a party waiting to happen. And man, your guilt's keeping me from it. Your guilt's keeping me from it. That's why John in 1 John 4, 18 can say perfect love cast out all fear because he understood 
that because God loves me, there's no judgment left on me. So it's not just about forgiveness and cleansing. It's a time for him to party. Have you ever been late to a party? I, have you ever been so late to a party that you were like, I'm not even going to go? Yes. Right? But then you decide to go anyway. And you get there and the first thing you do, the host comes out and you're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't even believe. I know. I, I'm, I'm not, and they're like, what are you? Shut up. I'm just glad you're here. But how many times have we had so many excuses not to go to the Father? Yes, we messed up along the way. Yes, we got late. Yes, we got busy doing other things. Yes, we lost track of time. Yes, we drove. our life was so out of control we had an accident along the way. But you know what the Father cares about? That you're here now and it's time to party. It's not about just what we receive. It's turning around and saying, how can I bless him? It's what in the story that the religious crowd missed. They missed the opportunity to go there with Jesus. To open up their lives to relationships they didn't think, with people they didn't think deserved it. Going to the house of a sinner. Although they were there, they missed that grace was there too. And it robbed Jesus of the opportunity of having a bigger party. A bigger party. How often does our religion keep us from robbing God of the opportunity to have a bigger party? Because you know what? I'm good. I don't need to go there with Jesus. I'm good. I don't want to be exposed like that. What would people think if they knew I'd rather have a persona, come on, of holiness than an actualization of holiness? See, but the life of the disciple is being willing to go there with Jesus. Being willing to go to places that maybe make us uncomfortable, but give him the opportunity to expand who he is to us and for us to have an opportunity to bless him even more and more and more. If you want to ask me how to sum up discipleship, discipleship can be summed up in two words. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. There's this amazing moment in, on the Mount of Transfiguration in, in Matthew 17. Maybe some of you know the story. Jesus takes Peter, uh, James, and John up this mountain. And he, in a moment, reveals himself who he is, who he really is to them. Can you imagine? See, for me, I'm always Peter in that moment. I'm like, oh! Man, you better know how magnificent God is. Look how magnificent he is. My God is magnificent. He is a magnificent God. God, show me. I want to see your magnificence. This is awesome. Have we ever stopped for a moment to think the joy Jesus had in that moment? To be able to, for a moment, take off the limits of humanity and to show the people he loved who he really was in all of its eternal glory. Who he was and is and forever will be. The real him. What joy. Could you imagine if Peter, James, and John didn't go up the mountain? It wouldn't have made Jesus any less eternal. Any less beautiful. Any less majestic. It just would have robbed him of the opportunity to share the joy of sharing who he really was with them. Come on, how many of us, especially in this time, have gone on a date? I have not gone on a date in lots of years, by the way. But I'm just saying, you've gone on a date, and you're like, do you remember? You're like texting, right? And you've texted a lot. 
But then the first time you're going to see them comes, like you're going to see them face to face, not FaceTime, not Zoom call, right? You, where there's filters and lights, you're going to see them face to face. You spend the entire day picking out the best outfit, making sure that you, you're, you're all dudded up, right? You, do, you go to get your manicure, put on the extra cologne or the perfume. You, why? Because they're going to see the real you. How excited are you when people get to see the real you? In that moment, it wasn't just about what Peter, James, and John saw. It was about the joy that they could give Jesus in revealing who he was. Man, when we don't go up the mountains with Jesus, we don't only rob ourselves of being transformed. We don't only rob ourselves of seeing this amazing moment of revelation of who he is, but we rob him of the joy of the moment of revealing to the one he loves who he is. And him saying, this is the real me. I just wanted to show you for a while. The challenge is for us as believers, moving to discipleship, so often is the challenge that Peter had in this moment. In verse 4, the Bible says this, that Peter, after seeing this moment, turns to Jesus and says, you want me to build a tent? How about if I, I build three, three tents. I'm going to build three tents. I'm going to, we're just going to, we're going to settle here. This is a good place for me to set up camp. This is a good moment for me to build my religious construct. I'm going to put stakes in the ground. I'm going to set up camp here. I'm going to settle down, settle in. I'm going to stop. This is good. And this is what we do in our spiritual lives. We come to a place where we have seen a new revelation of Jesus. We've been to the mountaintop with Jesus. And we think we got to the mountaintop because of us. Because of the life we built, the faithfulness we've done, the loyalty we had. Come on. The zeal in following Jesus. And he said, man, you didn't get up here for any of those reasons. I brought you up here because I had a reason. And we come to this moment and we settle in. We set up camp. We said, I'm good. I'm going to build some, I'm going to build this moment, this construct to make sure that I keep everything that Jesus just did safe inside of me. I arrived. You know what the problem is that? Jesus left the mountain. Jesus left the mountain. So much of Christianity in my life is building this moment where I figure, man, God, everything I've done to get to this mountaintop, I'm good. If I just keep doing this, I'm good. If I just keep reading the Word, I'm good. If I memorize the Word, I'm good. If I listen to worship for a while, I'm good. If I pray for a while, I'm good. If I tithe for a while, I'm good. If I keep serving, I'm good. If I just keep being kind, I'm good. If I just keep loving, I'm good. And I set up base camp. And Jesus has left the mountain. Oh, don't get me wrong. Those things produce a good life. But he called me to follow him. Zacchaeus did not set up a memorial in his dining room. He took what Jesus had given him and he started giving it away. So that he could give Jesus other opportunities to be blessed and to bless his name. Somewhere inside of us, this Christian walk 
this paradigm, this life that we're living, it needs to go from being focused and centered on the me to being centered on the he. And if we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest with ourselves, so much of our life, so much of the reason, like Dee said, so much energy and pastoring is in trying to market the gospel in such a way as you'll buy it because there's a benefit to you. And there is a benefit to you. In him there's life and life more abundantly. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to get to the Father. It's through Jesus Christ. He is redemption itself. He ransomed your soul. I was bought at a price. I'm not my own. He shares the same spirit that was in him that raised him from the dead is inside of you and I. We are the head and not the tail. And in Christ, we are champions. We are more than conquerors in Jesus. In him, we will see life and life eternal. In him, the lion will lay down with the lamb. In him, we have victory. Yes, yes, yes. But somewhere along the way, we've made it about me. When the first command is to love he with everything I've got. Whether those things ever come back or not to me, and they will, but whether they ever come, whether, ever, whether, ever, whether God ever fulfills one of his promises or not, although he does all the time, he is worthy to be blessed. He is worthy to give opportunities to celebrate that party with. He is worthy for us to be able to give opportunities for joy, for him to have joy. I read an amazing story as, we're just going to close with this because you guys, we have been incredible today as we celebrate this birthday, but Dee and I just wanted to share this because as we move from year 23 to 24, this is where the ship's going. I can't sell the gospel anymore. That is just a good life. It is the best life. It is a majestic life. But it is a life about him and not about me. I read this story this week, and it just jumped off the page at me. During the Great Depression in New York City, their mayor was Mayor LaGuardia, who the airport's named after. He was such a beloved character, figure in the city, and he was known to be so generous and so kind, but also just unmoving in certain things. One night in January of 1935, he went to night court, and he replaced the judge. He sent the judge home, and he said, I'll, I'll take over for tonight. The next person on the docket was an elderly lady, grandmother, who was accused of selling a loaf of bread, stealing a loaf of bread. And he asked her, why did you steal the loaf of bread? And she said, well, because my daughter, whose husband has left her, is deathly ill. She can't work and her children are starving. My grandkids are starving. Mayor LaGuardia looked at the shop owner and he said, well, will you... Forgive her of this crime. And he said, no, your honor, 
We have to learn in this world that there are consequences to what we do when we do wrong. Mayor LaGuardia looked at the elderly lady and said, I'm sorry, ma'am, the law demands that I find you guilty. So I pass judgment on you. You either have to pay a $10 fine, which for her was astronomically expensive, or you have to spend 10 days in jail. It seems so harsh, but the law demanded it. But even as he was passing judgment, he was taking off his hat and laying it down on the bench, reached into his pocket and took out the own, his own $10 and put it in the hat to pay her fine. Then he turned to the bailiff and he said, Bailiff, I want you to fine every person in this courtroom 50 cents for making a grandmother have to live in a city where she has to steal bread to feed her starving children. That woman walked out not only, come on somebody, with the judge paying her fine. She walked out with $47.50. 50 cents, by the way, from the shop owner who accused her. Because the enemy always has to pay. Come on somebody. She walked out of there a rich woman. But do we see, it was her broken moment that gave the judge, the opportunity to bless her. It was the, the broken moment in her that, that gave the opportunity of the, to, to the judge in order to have joy. He wasn't mad at the woman. He wasn't disgusted by the woman. He saw it as an opportunity to have joy and give grace. And her broken moment turned into a blessing for not only her but for him. Ninety years later, I'm still telling the story of a man who would pay the fine of another, joyf joyfully blessing her along the way. We've got it all broken. We've got it all messed up. We think our brokenness robs God of the opportunity to have joy. No. Our brokenness gives God the opportunity to give grace in which he is joyful and celebratory over. It is not our sin that keeps God angry at us. It's the shame of our sin that robs God from having the celebration of a party in heaven. It's not really about me. It's about he. How can we bless his name? Today, how can you bless his name? One of the easiest ways to bless your na his name is to receive the, the, the grace that he so joyfully wants to give you. To not allow shame or guilt or condemnation or fear or past offense to keep you from the celebration of the party of forgiveness. I'm not asking if you like coming to church or if you've been to church. I'm asking you today, are you willing to give him your life? To give him the opportunity to celebrate today. He will change you. He will forgive you. And he will bless you. But that's not what I'm asking you to do it for. I'm asking you, will you give him your life? 
so that he can celebrate today? Let's just pray. It's as easy as this. The Bible says if you are far from God, if you've never asked him into your heart, he's knocking at the door of your heart. The Bible says if you confess him with your mouth as Lord and Savior, believe in your heart that he died for you and rose again, and that was enough, that today you'll be saved. You don't have to do anything else. Today you will be saved. Zacchaeus, come down out of the tree. I want to go home with you. He opened the door. Jesus walked in. My friends, if you today open the door of your heart, Jesus will come walking right in. All we have to do is confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts. Give him the opportunity to celebrate. If that's where you are today, if you find yourself far from God and want to receive that love, will you just pray with me? We're all going to pray, but you pray from the bottom of your heart. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, Jesus, here I am today. today. I've come to give you my life. life. All that I am. All that I I have. All that I I ever will be. I I give to you now. I'm asking you, Jesus, Jesus. to be the Lord and Savior of my life. life. Forgive me of all my sin. sin. Cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. wrong. Fill me with your Spirit. spirit. Make me your child. child. From this day forward forward. and forevermore, forevermore. I choose choose. to follow you with everything I've got. got. Thank you, Jesus. For allowing me into the party with you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Look, want, go, baby. I say, we wanted to let you know that when you came in, you may have noticed that yes. there was the surprise of your life book on your chair. That, for us, is the greatest slice of birthday cake we could ever pass on to you. And so we want you to do one of two things. Take that book home and read it. It's a, it's a very approachable read. Or if you know the Lord, but you have someone in your life that doesn't, seed that book yes. to them. That book explains the gospel, explains the heartbeat of what we talked about today. And if you have a Gen Zer that you can see, like I would love to give a book to them that kind of explains in their language, in their, totally in their understanding. We also have a book, Letters to a Gen Zer. And Pastor Rick is over here. He's in the Thy Kingdom Crumb sweatshirt. You see a lot of our Thy Kingdom Crumb team have their their stuff on today. I love that. Um, But you can go and chat with him afterwards. Even if you have, like, more than one person, you're like, I want to get this book in their hands. We will give you, we will gift you any amount of book that you need to sow that into people's lives who need to know Jesus. So good. Hey, and uh, you, you do see some of our team around with TKC shirts on. Look, if, you're, if God moved you or stirred you, or if you want to know more about how to be a part of that, just go talk to them. They'll, they'll help you get, uh, get connected to that as well. And You know, guys, today we, we're going to, just before we go, we have uh, just a couple things we want to make sure that we get to today. And I'm going to ask uh, our children's pastor, Lisa McKinney, to come on up for a second. She's going to encourage you in, in giving today. Can you give Lisa a hand? What she and Kevin are doing is amazing. We love them so much. Good morning, good morning. Oh, I am on. Hello, church. Hi, hey, Lisa. good to be with you today. Um, as Pastor Kyle said, we're going to take a minute for our tithes and offerings today. And, you know, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, sometimes that sounds a little 
kind of scary, right? Like giving off offering maybe, tithe, yeah. 10%. You know, we say it in church, but when you think about it, give 10%. Right. Like what? 10%? Yeah. And I was brought up in a Christian home. And so I was used to seeing tithe all the time. My parents, every time money came in any way, they tithe it, they give it back. But my amazing husband right over here, yeah, he did not grow up seeing that. And when we were getting married, we knew that we wanted to obey the word. Mm. We wanted to obey God that says give. Give that 10% tithe. Yeah. But you know, for both of us, it took faith. Yes. Right? We're called to be people of faith. It took faith for me even growing up seeing tithe yep. and offering all my life. Yep. And it took faith for Kevin. Yep. Going into marriage and when we would have that paycheck and thinking, I kind of need this. <laughs> I kind of need to pay the bill. Or yep. maybe I've, I've got the bill sorted, but I really need to go to Target this month. There's really some <laughs> things I need to get. And it took faith. Yep. And I want to encourage you this morning take that step of faith yeah. trust your god yeah. trust that he will provide yep. even when your mind might say i don't know god yep. Yep. i don't know i think it would be safer for me to keep it in my yep. bank account just yep. in case and so i just want to share that to encourage you because our god has been faithful to us through Amen. this whole time that we have yep. done that yep. and so church i want to encourage you take that mm. step of faith this morning there's a couple of ways that you can give i think it's going to be right up on your screens you can use the envelopes that are beside you and pass it into the beautiful gold kiosks right there as you leave today or you can do it online through your phone or your laptop um, that is such an easy way to do that Amen. so let's just take a minute yeah. right church as we pray over our tithes and offerings today Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Yes. God, I thank you that you call us to be people of faith, but you don't leave us alone in that. You don't say, be people of faith, get it all right, yes. give your money and just work it out yourself. Lord, you are our Heavenly Father. We are your children. We can come to you and say, Daddy, I'm scared. I don't know. This seems risky. I don't know what I should do, how I should do it. So, Lord, I pray you would help us in our hearts today, Lord. Help us to follow you, Lord, even though we might be scared, we might be confused, we may not know exactly how it all works, Lord. Help us to trust you. Yes. And, Lord, we sow our tithes and offerings to you, Lord God, knowing that you will be faithful and you will continue to provide yes, over and above like you have promised to do. Yeah. And so we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank Love you, Church. Awesome. Come on, sir. This is uh, we're gonna we're just gonna have our pastoral team come up at, at uh, and our our whole team really quickly. This is yeah. this is Sharon is our CFO. She Sharon oversees all of uh, all, yeah everything. Sharon, basically, Sharon does everything, and we we just enjoy life, uh, which is not far from true. But you know, the beautiful thing is what, what Lisa said. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't see. Lisa, she's behind me. Oh, no, you're okay. No, you're good. Go ahead, Sharon. I'll be quiet. All right. I just want to say um, that I, the church birthday always coincides with my personal anniversary here. And over the past 17 years, I've seen us through a lot of 
a lot of seasons. And I have to say that by far this post 2020 season is the most real and pure and true. And I'm just really glad to be here. Well, for thanks. This time. Thanks, Jeff. So, true. what we're going to do right now is pray corporately for our senior pastors and their son, Jake, who carries the significant mantle of worship leader for this house almost every week, so I'm gonna call Jake up as well. And we're going to pray for them, A, because they need it. <laughs> Amen. And B, because they've overtly asked for it before, because A, they need it. <laughs> and we're going to pray for them on three fronts. A, for the continual message that comes out of their mouth. May the, we're gonna pray for the Holy Spirit continue Amen. to feed them. Um, B, you guys see them up here preaching every week, but again, I get the privilege of working for the church and I see them in their CEO, a lot of us see them in their CEO roles. I see the emails, the meetings, the communications, the weighty decisions, and the quality work output that they produce each week. And then I see them up here and preach a well put together message. And I don't understand how it's humanly possible. And I can only assume that it's by the grace and favor of God. True. So we're going to pray for that to continue. Amen. And thirdly, I, if I had to guess, I would say that the enemy is not going to go easy on these three. <laughs> um, so we're going to pray for protection yes. from the evil one. Amen. And I am a favor, or I'm a fan of praying scripture. Yep. So I um, compiled um, several scriptures on, into sure. one prayer, and it's 95% scripture, which I'm absolutely going to read. <laughs> um, so I'm going to invite us all to reach out our hands and pray and declare the word of God over yes. our leaders this morning. God, we thank you for Pastor Kyle, Pastor Danielle, and Jake, and we praise you for you, how you have shaped and molded them over the years and for extending your grace to them in this and every season. Surely, God, you are their rock and their fortress. For the sake of your name, lead them and guide them. May their mouths utter wisdom and their tongues speak what is just. Out of your glorious riches, Lord, may you strengthen them with power through your spirit in their inner being. And Holy Spirit, may you continue to teach them what they should say. Yes, Lord. Father, lead them not into temptation, yes. but deliver them from the evil one. Yes, Lord. And may anyone who rages against them surely be ashamed and disgraced. Lord, we pray that you command your angels concerning the horners yes. to guard them in all their ways so that they will not strike their foot against a stone. And Lord, we pray that not only will they be protected from evil, but they, that they will also do damage to the enemy yes, using Lord. the spiritual weaponry you have outlined for us. May their sword of the spirit be sharp. Yes. Yes. And may they tread upon the lion and the cobra mm. and trample the great lion and the yes. serpent as they stand firm in the faith and press on toward the goal to win the prize yes. for which God has called them heavenward. Oh. Regarding Jake, Lord, we pray that you put a new song in his heart, yes. a song of praise to yes. our God. Yes. And whether that takes the form of a physical song from his lips or a song communicated through his writing, 
may many ultimately see and fear and trust in the Lord yes, through the revelation placed in his heart. Yes. Oh, that you would bless pastors Kyle, Pastor Danielle, and Jake indeed, and enlarge their territory. Yes. Let your hand be with them and keep them from harm. God of peace, we pray that you sanctify them through and through, and may their whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, sir. Woo. Okay. okay. And we just got some, go ahead. Go ahead. some flowers. Oh. Love you. Yeah. He's so God bless you guys and thank <laughs> Dahlias. They are beautiful. Thank you, guys. <laughs> D said, I don't know what to do. Look, we, we have, uh, Pastor Ron and Irene are going to give, uh, we have giveaway. They put together such amazing uh, kind of Philly area giveaway. Worship team, can you guys come up real quick as they're, they're doing this? But just well, we're just uh, so thankful for you guys. Let's give them another round of applause. Thank you. You know, regardless of whether you've been here one week or 23 years, you know, the Lord has started a good work, and that's what he gave me as a word for this morning. Philippians 1.6 says that for he who has started a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in Christ Jesus. Yes. And that's what Pastor yes. Kyle, Pastor Danielle taught us this morning. He wants to draw us, and he wants to bring us to new places and I think the best is yet to come. Pastor Amen. Kyle yep. says it week after week. Yep. The best is yet to come yep. and we're going to see many lives changed yeah. for the glory of Jesus Christ. Jesus Amen. 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 So That's today awesome, we wanted to celebrate together. Yeah. Happy birthday to the church. Yeah, yeah. And so as part of that, um, Pastor Irene went to uh, Reading Terminal Market oh. this week. And we got some goodies from Philly. I mean, it includes Tasty Cake oh. and all kinds of good stuff. Dude, there's peanut and I'm gonna, in here. Yeah, all oh, kinds yeah. of good stuff. I'm going to ask Pastor Irene, actually, to, to talk yeah. about that. The way I see it is there's one for me and one for John. That's, that's fantastic. We brought them. We said, oh, did we say, maybe we should have just said one. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all things that were made in Philly, like peanut chews. I didn't know that. Tasty Cake, yeah. obviously. So go ahead and draw a number. So everybody got a number, right, when you came in. So get your number out. 271. 271. 271. 271. 271. 271. Oh! Yay! Yay. I, I, I believe you. Though I would lie to get one of these. That's probably true. Got one more. One more to go. One more. 257. 257. 257. Who is that? No, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy Carroll doing uh Good job, buddy. Great. Doing kids today. I'm so sorry. thankful for you guys. Sorry there's no Eagles game to watch to enjoy your food, but just turn on some <laughs> sports team, right, and watch that. So we're going to now end in singing the blessing. Hold high. I'm too short. <laughs> okay. So it says in Numbers chapter 6, it says the Lord bless you, right? The Lord keep you. The yeah. Lord um, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may his face be toward, turned toward you, and may he give you peace. And that's the heart of God. 
God spoke that to, to Moses and to Aaron to bless the Israelites. And it isn't that wonderful. That's the heart of our Father toward us, church. So let's stand and close out service by singing this beautiful, beautiful song.
your goodness. May we love you with everything we've got. Daddy, we thank you for being for us. And now we choose to live our life for you. We give you glory and honor and power and praise. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Happy birthday. Go live for him. Transform our world. One life at a time. Hallelujah.